This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's when the time. Oh, hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, shall we say it? Never a dull moment. I think that applies now more than ever, probably. Uh, what a week. Yeah, it's, it's almost surprising that we had such a joyous occasion on Tuesday. We're, we're not going to talk about the statements and the revelations and so forth, because I just want to talk about football for a little bit. Is that okay, Joe? I'm perfectly happy to. I think we all made that executive, that editorial decision in the press conference as well, so it doesn't even come up under that, mostly because not really got much to do with Michael Flynn. Yeah, w- w- was there a lads? N- no questions on on other events, just football today, or was it just kind of a universal uh, acknowledgement? I, th- I think we were all co- collectively as a trio, Andrew, Johnny, and I, pretty happy not to not to bring it up. Really, it was it it felt like felt like a lot for a Friday afternoon, to be honest. It felt like a lot for a Friday afternoon. Well, we'll be back with a uh, a bonus pod. Uh, analysing the statement by Swindon Town Football Club and the subsequent statement by the Trust um, and discuss all that business in a separate pod. But right now, let's talk football because you went to the new lawn on Tuesday and was treated to three delicious points. Yes, the first three points of the Michael Flynn era. It was, I mean, it was, it's always nice to have a good last minute goal. 
Uh, we, uh, I was, I was, I was saying in the press before that I didn't like the record we have at that stadium, but it still stands. You know, the the ghost of Matty Taylor lives on as uh, Swindon refused to lose away at Forest Green. Yeah, yes, of course. And come on, Joe, a absolutely spot on prediction too. No, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. I'm, I've had a decent start to those this season. I feel like mm, you have not necessarily got them all. Yeah, I I haven't discussed this with anyone because it's only for my own uh, entertainment, but it's two points for a spot-on for which I gave you two points for the 1-1 one, one, um, at Peterborough because full-time is what I'm going by. And you've got two more points for this one. Um, I've had a couple of one points, but one point for predicting the right outcome, win, lose, or draw. Um, but yeah, I think you're winning 4-2. Yeah, early start, and it, it proves that maybe I should keep up with the positive predictions. We'll we'll see what happens when we get to the end of this episode, possibly. Yeah, you snookered me on on two one because I absolutely was going for that, and I don't. I think it's a, a cowardly uh, act if you just go. I'm having the same score too, so um, I was going optimistic for a goal fest. We didn't get that. Uh, but final thoughts on on Forest Green because what really um, not surprised me. That's definitely not the word, but I kind of went on social media after the game expecting a here we go sort of um, mentality. But the reality was much more grounded, I thought. Yeah, I, was, I, thought, I found that interesting as well. I would, in a sort of weird way, I would say that there were probably more positives to be t- taken from the crew match, even though we didn't actually win that game. I thought, you know, performance-wise, first half was was not great from Swindon. Forest Green really had, uh, really had the number and then come out of the second half very quickly, get the goal. And then the, the 10 men changes things and Swindon kind of struggle to really put pay to that situation they had before. Obviously, Fraser Blake Tracy's course is second worldie of the season, including pre-season where he scored a very similar goal against Melksham. So that's clearly just his thing now. Um, and indeed against Stockport last season. So, yeah, it, it's a bit strange to come out of a, a last-minute win where it was a good performance. I'm not saying it it wasn't. It's when it did some good things, but I just felt uh, Forest Green showed a few things about the way Swindon trying to play that um, the weren't, whilst not incredibly concerning, were uh, somewhat worrisome. Mm. And it was enough to convince Troy Deeney to join Forest Green Rovers um, if you believe... The rumour mill, uh, potential gazumping here. Um, my sort of little network of ITK suggests that the issue was he wanted player coach wherever he went and maybe that wasn't going to happen at Swindon. And lo and behold, he he joins Forest Green Rovers as a player coach. Yeah, obviously, um, we've, we've been hearing a few times that he's good friends with David Horseman and just bloody loves football at Nailsworth. Hence, he showed up on a Tuesday night to watch with... No ulterior motive whatsoever. The deal wasn't done that night. It, it was. It was later. Come on. <laughs> Clearly, he just he just wanted to drive from his house in presumably Birmingham, yeah, to, all the way down to Nailsworth to watch the most the most watchable game of them all what? at a small ground in a village. What more could you need from your ninety minute commute and ninety minute commute back? Okay, well, uh, good luck to Troy Deeney at Forest Green Rovers. It would have never worked at Swindon anyway. So let, let's move on to the yeah, press. I'm not overly cut up about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not losing any sleep on it. It would have been a fun uh, announcement, I'm sure, and and seeing that debut, and then maybe the realities of the situation might have might have uh, seeped in sooner rather than later. But we will never know. So we'll, we'll move on to 
the the presser attended by yourself, Andrew Hawes, BBC of Radio Wiltshire, and Johnny Lee Field. In well, the clock is ticking for Johnny, isn't it? He's leaving the advert soon. So let's go straight into injuries because the big surprise, if if big surprise is the word the phrase for it, that there was no Saidu Khan. Uh, at Forest Green Rovers. He was at the game, but did not play. What's the situation on the injury front? I can tell you, Rich. Michael Flynn was giving nothing away. I don't know if he's had some intel about opposition sides listening to his press conferences or something like that. But um, not, he didn't even go the Richie Wellens loot of bullface lying. Uh, he just said, um, there's one fresh concern. Some players will be back, um, but I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to help wreck them out. Um, that was... All we got, we weren't going to get it. I boy Andrew tried the follow up, but uh, nothing to be done there. Um, we couldn't couldn't really say who the fresh concern is. Um, I, I my suggestion is it's not George McEachern because there was the chance that we could have spoken to him, but we decided to go with someone else, and then that didn't happen. Um, a couple back, we knew that Tyree Shade was supposedly slotted for this weekend as a potential return, and obviously there it would be Wakeling, Hepburn, Murphy, and Khan who would be the others who would be potentially coming back for this one, but I really can't say with any certainty, unfortunately. Good Lord, I'd forgotten about Tyree Shade. I think a lot of people had, but uh, he's, he's back in contention to play wing back or up front. Well, we we, we wish him well. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't perfect at Forest Green, and yeah, I can see where you're coming from in, in so much as that there were better takes from the crew performance. And Michael Flynn was asked about areas of improvement. Yeah, he's he's been fairly consistent for the for the two games that he really feels like taking the chances is the big thing. Swindon had a, an astronomical number of shots in their first three games, as we know, each time over twenty. Um, and but he, he really wants Swindon to get that final third bit down, which has eluded them a little bit so far. They have scored five goals in three games, which isn't isn't too bad. But um, you know, the the decision making the final third has been a big point of uh, point of um, improvement for Michael Flynn so far. He feels like too often that you know people are shooting into bodies or trying to cross when you needed to come back out again or playing the wrong pass in the wrong time. So um and clearly that getting that right it will be the key to increased success across the course of the season because Swindon uh at, at some point teams are gonna give concede less shots against you and you're gonna have to find a more of a cute way of getting around them. So that's clearly been the big thing. And that, as well as that, he said, wants to start keeping clean sheets, because uh, obviously there's not been one of those so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it was it was not really a sort of specific on defensive. It was just uh, avoid goals actually going in. Uh, those, those were his main things. But he was, he was keen to press. He's been very pleased by a lot of the stuff that's been going on. Uh, a lot of positives he felt in terms of the actual play style, the the way that players have committed to what they were doing. Anyone who was at the New Lawn would have seen a couple of players absolutely falling to the floor at, at full time because because of the work they put in and the way that Swindon played uh, in terms of pressing off the ball. Uh, he's been very pleased with that as well. But obviously, still early days, and there are those that quite quite clear room for improvement in terms of becoming increasingly clinical when you get in good situations. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's fair. And and Flynn was asked about his style preference too, and maybe their exhaustion will go down to Flynn's desire to excite fans. Yeah, it would appear he's um he's all in on this high energy style of play with a small number of players that haven't all had a preseason. 
But um, it, it was actually quite interesting the way he talked about style. He said that um, he finds it quite uh, a useful thing when going into a new club to uh, do your research about the community. And um, I believe he referenced having said a similar thing uh, in the fans forum uh, the other day, uh, which is the slightly less controversial part of the fans forum, I suppose. And he was very um, good in that bit, to be fair. Michael Finn was was very good in, in what he was being asked. I think he was the big take from the evening. Yeah, he was he, he was in the positive column, I'd imagine. There were one or two other things <laughs> in the other column that may have outweighed it. But we're not going there. No. Uh, no. Yeah, but he was talking about, you know, Swin had, this is quite an interesting, slightly point to come. He said Swin have had a reputation of playing football, although I haven't always felt that they do play football. Um, I'd be interested to see which, which Swindon side he's necessarily referring to in terms of the ones that didn't, because <laughs> unless he's, he didn't play against the John Sheridan side, other than that in recent memory, Swin have been quite a possession-based team, but he, he feels that that, is, that has clearly been quite an important part of the Swindon experience for a little while now, and, and the fans, this is something they demand. He's That's why he really wanted to to be a more possession-based side as he eventually tried to turn Newport into at the end of his time, but from the off this, this time around. And then I said that obviously the technical players that were still around at the club made it a lot more a lot more simple to go about putting that in place. Yeah, it sounds to me that once upon a time, Michael Flynn called the Swindon lot slugs, little slugs. It's it's clear to me. It, it may or may not be be the case that that's that's what it was. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. But now he's Flynn from the Swindon lot, so um, we'll move on. We'll move on to sort of more positional play with players, and um, then go to uh, a question on Charlie Austin that was asked. So he. Michael Flynn was asked about left wing backs. What was discussed here? Yeah, this this sort of went again down his not talking specifically about players' route in terms of uh, what he's doing, but obviously we have a few options at left wing back now with uh, Tariq Uakwe, Brooklyn Genesini who played there in the weekend. Ben Ward has played there. Tyree Shade can play there when he comes back, as as I say, is is likely imminent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's he said it's been uh, quite easy to tell. Um, he wants a lot of Clearly, a lot of running up and down from from his left wing backs. Um, it very boring football point, but quite quite an amusing thing. If you look at the position maps from the Forest Green game, uh, the difference in positioning between Swindon's two wing backs and indeed outside centre backs is quite humorous. Um, but he's you know it's generally speaking the left sided players haven't really had that pre season yet because a lot they all three of them came in within a week of the start of the season. So. Um, getting that work in is, has been a bit tougher and he wants wants those players to get fitter but with the Saturday-Tuesday grind that Swindon are currently on it's not the most simple uh, thing to get in because you simply don't have that much time in training he's um, he's trying to get them up to speed as quickly as he can but uh, also making sure that no one uh, they, they don't get another injury because uh, that has been a bit of a theme at the start of the season as a couple of players picking up, pick up injuries to keep them out when the squad is small enough as is. This isn't a surprise, though, is it? Because we've we've heard that Michael Flynn likes to push his players in terms of I'm not going to say fatigue, but in terms to get them ready. And you know, Decanio did it to great success. You know, broke them and they became warriors by the end of the season. Those who went the whole 46 games and weren't bombed out or brought in later. So for Flynn to have his way of getting them fit it's not surprised that some of them are dropping yeah i think we 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 could tell early on that he was going to put a high amount of work, work on to the players because in order to play the way Swindon are trying to play you do need to be incredibly fit especially mm. if you're doing it for 
over a hundred minutes, given the new uh, new directives on on timekeeping. So the, the the players that have come in later, which uh, was well documented over the summer, is most of the players who've actually ended up coming in are going to have to take a little more time to get up to where they need, and if he has to suffer which is a good footballing word of the last few years, um, in the meantime, and he's going to have to do that because if we want to play in this higher tempo style, you've got to be fit. You do, you do. And somebody who has looked absolutely shattered the last two games on the bounce, having put in a shift, um, has been Charlie Austin. You, you mentioned before that we've scored five goals already this season and all scored by different players. One of those isn't Charlie Austin and there's been not a split. I don't think there's a, there's a 50, 50 or majority on this. And if that majority does exist, it's very much in support of Charlie Austin. The, the, the feeling is that it's coming the goal. Um, Tremendous effort against Forrest Green, which was well saved, Um, but he's not getting as many opportunities as maybe I would like. And when he does get them, he either does what he did against Crewe, we got very lucky or unlucky against Forest Green. But they're happy with Charlie, aren't they? Yeah, I think Charlie also might have had some words with Luke Daniels after that Forest Green game, because I think there's two or three where the keeper makes good saves on him, one of which, of course, uh, led to Dan Kemp's equaliser. Mm. And uh, actually, after that game, um, straight after, Flynn said that I think Swindon had 20, 21 shots, and 11 of which were on off target. He joked in the dressing room that the eleven were all Charlie Austin. Um, so he's he's getting he's getting the shots off, and he's it's not like that's not coming. Um, so he's he's personally been very pleased, and it is weirdly the case of Austin. Uh, possibly, you know, he just needs that run to get kick started. He he gets that first goal, uh, potentially uh, scores it straight into the GoPro of Ben Foster this weekend, um, and to get off the mark. And once that happens, Michael Flynn has complete confidence that. Uh, it'll be a Watergate moment, a watershed moment for him, and he'll be able to keep keep scoring, and because he'll, he'll finally get that eye in, because uh, he has had a, a fair few shots already, and uh, definitely should have found the back of the net. So it's one of those where, in Flynn's opinion, when he gets that goal, it will it will start to uh, spiral onwards, and Austin will be the Charlie Austin that we all hoped he would be when he came back. My football gods in football heaven, no Watergate, please, with Swindon Town. <laughs> We, we we don't need far that. Off to Kate Swindon oh, oh gosh, no. Um, yeah, what's your what's your stance on the Charlie Austin situation? I, I I don't think there's. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of this situation because I don't think there is a big deal. But I I I don't think he's the footballer that I think many people wanted, especially positionally. I think people wanted him in in the box. You know that that very much pouncing on everything, but he plays a little bit deeper. Um, than than we expected, and he doesn't get as many efforts to go his way, and yet he is without doubt a a, a man to 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 finish. What's your what's your opinion on Charlie Austin? Is it all good? It's good. when it comes, it comes, and and it might happen in front of uh, Ben Foster's GoPro this weekend. It's interesting one. I I still hundred percent believe that Charlie Austin is on pure talent the best striker in this league. Yep. Um, I have yep. no doubts that. Once he uh, better than David McGoldrick, better than and Macaulay Langstaff, better than Paul Mullin. I don't think any of them actually stack up to Charlie Austin in terms of what they've done uh, in the recent past and in their careers as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, I do kind of feel like a lot of he. I've certainly noticed during the first half against Forest Green, he seemed to always be a bit further away from goal than he needed to be. Uh, there were times where even Brooklyn Genesini was further inside the box than he was, and I don't think anyone's backing Genesini to win a header. 
So when you've got Charlie Austin in the middle, you, you kind of want it to be a bit easier to find than he, he certainly has been at times during the start of the season. Um, I, I, I do kind of agree with Flynn that one, one goal uh, one goal probably will change things quite a bit because uh, well, we, we've seen when he does get the chances in, particularly in the Gavin Gunning system, um, he, he he's very capable of scoring quite a few. So I, I I have still have absolute confidence in Charlie Austin doing this. I think the bigger barrier is probably the the, the hectic schedule Swindon have had so far, mm. because we know from last season from Jody Morris that he isn't necessarily going to be able to play forty six games this year. So it's about getting the most out of him when he is on the pitch. Yeah, if only we signed thirty five year old Troy Deeney to <laughs> lighten that load. I I agree. I think. I think Charlie is more likely to score braces and hat tricks and then go without a goal for a couple games and then score another brace and that will give him a very good final season tally. That pretty much what happened last season. I, I think it's going to be a continuation of that. Yeah, I 100% see that. Um, he is he's clearly when, when his eyes in, his eyes in. And you know, if, if Hutton's finding him quite easily, then then goals will come in in bigger parts. A bit like Michael Smith used to be. I felt like he always scored a brace. I mean, possibly back to back braces quite a lot, and then just sort of wouldn't score for a while. I'm I'm not necessarily saying Austin is the same player as Michael Smith, but uh, they they both do have that sort of uh, ability to score goals in clumps nature to them. Yeah, I think James Collins is another one from that season that he had where. You know, his his season was, his final end of season tally was certainly bolstered, of course, by one game, but it was several others through braces off memory. But I might be, I might be forgetting something there. I might be wrong. Who knows? Yeah, I always find it strange that he, I think he had like 16 goals that season and it didn't feel like he'd played that much. Yeah, top scorer, I think, and but helped by by New Year's Day against Portsmouth, of course. Um, okay, let's let's move to the Joe zone and um, see what Michael Finn had to say. Yeah, as as Jolly mentioned, they're quite used to outscoring teams. You've said I think twice now that you've allowed games to become basketball games too often. Is playing a side like that it was so good? You know, they like the Harlem Globetrotters the way they play. So is it quite useful as a test to come up against a team like that to see how you can control a game? I just think is how it's um, you know we, sh- we should have learned something from they're, they're two different scenarios because the crew game we two nil up and we should have been a lot more savvy in terms of um, not being as wide and not being as gung ho. Um, but saying that their goals didn't really come from that. Um, it was a pot shot, thirty thirty five yards on the centre back, was never scored and. Um, how it's gone in, I still don't know. And then it was uh, a cross from the, their right that we should have defended at the back post. So it's not like we got split wide open. Um, the other one, we we sensed that well, we wanted to go for the win against Forest Green. So we had to be a little bit more open, risky, I would say, to go and get that winner. Um, so yeah, there's, there's different scenarios in that. Would I like a nice boring game where there's not many threats and we win one, two, three? No, I'd love it. But again, like I said, it's, <laughs> that don't happen very often. And lastly, Netflix, Disney Plus, or Amazon Prime? Well, I don't get much time to watch any of them. And one is my missus will say, my, my wife will say Amazon Prime because every time I open the door, there's a delivery coming. So um, <laughs> I think she'd say that. So you asked him about basketball games. Yeah, well, he, this is kind of using his own words against him. Uh, not that I'm trying to 
dig him out. But um, he said after both Crew and Forest Green that he felt that uh, Swindon had allowed the games to be basketball games when they were on top. So uh, allowing Forest Green to ease the pressure by getting out on the counter-attack during that second half and uh, allowing Crew to do a similar thing. So, you know, it was particularly in the way that Wrexham liked to play games. Um, you know, I think I feel like they won a game about 5-4 against Dover once um, in the National League. Have a lot of high-scoring games. Anyone who takes a quick look through their opening Barnet games will one, see that. It? There was like a seven-five or something like that against Barnet from from memory. Yeah, this is kind. Of, they're weirdly free-scoring under Phil Parkinson, which isn't necessarily what you'd expect from him as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who's listened to not the top twenty, I kind of find their opinions on that quite interesting. And he seems to have changed himself quite a lot to be at Wrexham. Um, but I digress. Um, yeah, so it was. <laughs> For a team that are quite so good as a basketball side, with their scores probably quite closely resembling basketball scores at times, Wrexham, um, it being quite a big test of Swindon being able to properly control a game playing against a side that that wants it to be like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And God bless you, Joe. You finally, you know, in what has been quite a difficult week, you're asking the journalistic questions that that we need to know. And I'm not even joking. I was surprised. Prime. Yeah, okay. Um, next day delivery gets yourself um some TV shows. What do you think? You know, did you judge instantly when when he said Prime? I was interested. It did sound like he was sort of a more full package of Prime than necessarily it is a subscription service. <laughs> Obviously, this question was based around uh the Disney Plus show that Rex are on. And um the fact that he didn't say Disney Plus is definitely a dig at Rexham. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, after I, I, I stopped recording, um, he said, what, should, what what um, service are they on? It's a Disney Plus. And he said, that's rubbish. It's for children. So uh, not a man who watches <laughs> Revenge of the Sith particularly often, because clearly that's on Disney Plus and not for children. Yeah, they have some um, adult-based cartoons on there, don't they? But they don't have King of the Hill yet. They've got a landing page for King of the Hill, uh, the one of the greatest animated series of all time. But there must be seeing out a contract elsewhere. Um, I could talk about that for about an hour, uh, but won't. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Right, let's talk about Wrexham then. So I suppose, Joe, a lot of fans across League Two, one of the first teams they looked at in terms of the fixture list for those who do get excited about 
when we're playing teams than Phil Parkinson's Wrexham was one of the first teams they would have glanced and they didn't have to look far because we play them this weekend in August um, away from home. I haven't seen the documentary. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So I'm none the wiser. I'm, I'm a big fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've not watched any Ryan Reynolds films since probably Van Wilder Party Liaison. So, you know, he, he's not really on my radar. I know what he's been in. I think I might have seen Deadpool, actually, and it, it was all right. Um, but I know more of uh, Rob McElhenney more than anything. They've had a quiet summer in terms of incomings because, you know, they... They did pretty well in squad building over the last couple of years in the National League. Will Boyle has come in from Huddersfield and James McLean has come in from Wigan Athletic. Um, They've also got a goalkeeper coming from Sligo Rovers. I don't think we'll see much of them. They had a glitzy uh, summer. They played Chelsea in the United States along with LA Galaxy reserves, Manchester United reserves and Philadelphia Union's reserves. Um, So they've, they've had lots of fun. In terms of this season so far, it's been um, very much uh, a mixed bag. They they lost their first game at home to Milton Keynes Dons, 5-3. Um, I think that score might flatten them a bit. Then they drew away at Wimbledon, but they got their first win of the season in midweek against Walsall, a 4-2 win. So I think what's clear here, I think generally... Joe, across the division, I think there's going to be a lot more goals this season, not just because we're going to play about 10, 15 minutes more a game. I think this is going to be a more free-scoring division and Wrexham will play a big part in that. What did Michael Flynn say about Wrexham? Yeah, he was obviously very quick on the huge and very competitive squad. Clearly, they have quite a few League One standard players even coming out of the National League, so... Uh, the the work they had to do on their squad was probably a lot slim, smaller than everyone else that gets promoted out of that division. Uh, he played under Phil Parkinson whilst he was at Bradford, and he said he has a lot of respect for him uh, and his assistants as a manager, and knows a lot about um, the way they they'll go about things. Obviously, Parkinson being as experienced as he is at this level in particular, um, he feels like that will be a particular bonus for Wrexham because they've made no bones about the fact they're going for promotion this season. All of their players seem to say that quite a bit in the many, many interviews that they get given. Um, and he feels like their sort of their experience will be a big part of what Wrexham are able to do because they'll know how to handle the pressure a lot more, as well as the players who have been promoted at this league before, like Boyle, Mullen and Toza. Um, and he, but he was you know, he was generally very happy as a, as a Welshman. He was happy to see the investment going into the community around Wrexham as well as into the club itself. Uh, he described it as the best model he's seen um, in terms of building a football club, uh, in terms of using that publicity to drive revenue that you can use on the team and and to really help out a community that had had fallen on tough time because it's 15 mm. years since they've been in the EFL and they've not looked like coming back too many times in the in-between. Yeah, that's the big one for me. They've had, they had a couple of failed playoff um attempts but a lot of it was quite frustrating for them and I think that's a big element really for me like they 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 took a team that were underachieving in in, in a division they should have never been in and they they got them out <laughs> but of course you take great delight when they fell in the first attempt because um because of all the noise um I just saw I can't believe baby Ben Tozer is now 33 
Uh, I remember seeing him get sent off as a teenager for Swindon away at Carlisle, but we won't see a friend of the pod, Paul Mullin. You know, he appeared on the Low Strangers before it all went a little bit crazy for him, Uh, but he's injured, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, the very well documented injury he received on on their US tour. So we're not going to see him. Uh, I, I believe he's back now. He was staying out in America for a while, um, turning down the request of Rob Bacalhenny to stay in his house and rehab there. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's not, I'm, I'm pretty certain, not going to be fit for this weekend. Not that they'll be short of firepower because they've still got Ollie Palmer and a couple other pretty high level strikers for the level. Yeah, just a, a reminder, they, they have scored a few goals already this season. <laughs> what, eight goals already in the league alone? Um, and then, of course, they got a nil-nil draw in the uh, EFL uh, Cup before eliminating Wigan. Okay, uh, have you seen the documentary? I've seen a bit of the documentary. Um, I have I don't have Disney+, Plus, so I've not seen a thing. The bits I've seen, I just don't like the style of it being geared towards Americans because I already understand football and I didn't need that bit explained. Sure. So uh the so the start was a bit slow for me. So I've not actually seen the whole thing. But yeah. much like yourself, I'm a I'm a big fan of Rob McElhenney's uh from his work on It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Mythic Quest as well, which is on Apple is 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 okay also. Not not brilliant, but Sunny is 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 big time favorite in this household for us. So yeah, I, I haven't seen it. It's not because I'm being snobby on it. I, I tend to struggle with most football documentaries because there's always an agenda. I didn't mind the Sunderland one, but the higher you go up, the more like, oh dear, and I'm hearing a lot of uh, negative noise for Newcastle's uh, attempt to uh, wow us with their uh, with their wonder. Yeah, there's, that one particularly would be a tourist board video, I'd imagine. But yeah, you, you always you can always t- you can always tell with these situations who's um who's been the one in charge in the editing room and uh, as you say Sunderland didn't have to have much, seem to have much control there whatsoever which is what made it so brilliant and yeah. indeed is the documentary that got uh Ryan and Rob into the club into Wrexham in the first place oh wow well, there we go uh, what did Michael Flynn say about the, the circus that is Wrexham at the moment because these sort of things are great fun when it involves your club so if you know if any Swindon fan would be sat there saying I'd hate this if this was Swindon you're a liar or you don't understand just the level of hype. This would be, this would be insane for Swindon and maybe one day it might happen to us. Um, but, but what did Michael Flynn have to say about it? Yeah. I don't know if he was just trying to lessen the ire of the crowd and potential uh, Newport Wrexham based rivalries, <laughs> which uh, I didn't necessarily know was a thing, but was something he commented on a, a few times mm. about potentially being booed there. But um, he said that he was, you know, obviously he feels like, the, the way they've gone about it as a club has been very impressive in the way that they've, they've made this business model that revolves, revolves around the hype and uh, was keen to point out as well that it's kind of more on the EFL and Sky and BT and BBC and all the outlets that, and even the Athletic, who I believe last season moved their Sheffield United correspondent to be a Wrexham one instead. Oh, um, no, it's people. It's the it's those outlets that are give, the ones giving them the publicity in, at the expense of everyone else at the level. So it's not necessarily anything to do with what Wrexham were doing, although obviously they caught the publicity by their model. But mm. he was no, he was very set that he likes very much what Wrexham have done. He thinks that every that if every club could do it, then it would be a brilliant thing because. All the communities kind of deserve what Wrexham are getting at the moment with with the way things are going. Um, it definitely it is an issue if 
uh, Wrexham. It was a League Two versus League One, League Cup first round that was put live on Sky. <laughs> and we've back a day, I believe. So yeah. it's, it says a lot about being able to put them on TV at any opportunity. I, I know we're all expecting Salford-Wrexham to be a live Sky game uh, when I think they only had one last year in League Two. So it, it, he definitely put it more towards the broadcast in terms of them having it being their responsibility to try and highlight other clubs, unlike Wrexham, who don't get this level of uh, spotlight. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Uh, it's, it's a very good point. Uh, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because it's like when the FA Cup third round arrives, it, you know what teams are going to be televised because they they want the numbers. And in League Two, when they when they're duty bound to show games, Wrexham are going to get viewing figures, whereas Sutton versus Crawley isn't. So it's, it's one of those things. It's it's something that nobody likes, but we can all understand what the game is there. Yeah, it's it's clearly a business thing because, as you say, if it's Barrow on TV, people are watching it. But if it's Wrexham, you know, they've got an international audience. So why wouldn't you put them on? Yeah, good because that's you know Sky have got a lot of uh, sponsorship contracts to be fulfilling and expanding. Yeah, and then they said something about um, they always keep international tickets available at their home games for their overseas fans which is crazy and that takes us nicely to the crowd it's a sellout uh lead to sellout that's brilliant you know that's that's what we like to hear swindon are doing their bit i think we would have sold it out regardless because we haven't been there for 14 years or so um yeah looking forward to the big crowd yeah he was he was pretty excited about the loud crowd this is where he brought up the fact that he was expecting to be booed given his his uh southern welsh heritage but, um, he he definitely felt that it was it was not less Swindon probably more so than practically any other club in the division. Bradford, notwithstanding, in terms of putting being ready for an atmosphere of playing in front of ten nine ten thousand people, hmm. uh, shouldn't be an issue because that is a home game for Swindon as well. So the uh, the very likely raucous Wrexham crowd shouldn't really be a hindrance to them. In fact, should he said that as a player he always got spurred on by playing in front of more people and having potential abuse thrown at him because he wanted to make sure he played well in those kind of scenarios. And he uh, very much hopes that his players will be doing the same. Yeah, I, and I would expect them to, to do that. What what type of game is Michael Finn expecting? He's, he, he definitely um, thinks it will probably be another rather exciting one. Swindon um, they have a fairly different style. Anyone that watched Wrexham earlier this season or last season, obviously they are still fairly direct as a side. They like to attack quickly, which is how they get all the goals they score. And Swindon being a bit more patient, they describe them as being efficient machines. Wrexham as a, as a side, which is interesting. But he he said it would be a good advert for League Two in terms of uh, the way he expects the game to be playing because it should be very exciting. Two teams that are creating a lot of chances at the moment and potentially able to score. Lots of goals. So I think um, anyone who is making the trip, uh, lucky you, it should be an exciting game. Oh, here's hoping. And you know, dare we expect an early goal? Well, um, he it was on the early goal because obviously Swindon have scored, have uh, taken a little bit longer so far to get their first goals. But he doesn't fit in terms of getting on top of an atmosphere. He didn't feel like it was really going to matter that much because Wrexham are perfectly used to conceding first. They concede a lot of goals, they score a lot of goals. So, you know, they're, they'll always back themselves to be able to get back into a game. And Swindon have already shown twice against Peterborough and against Forest Green that they're able to do the same thing. So, uh, essentially, an early goal probably won't matter as much uh, in this game as it might do in other weeks. 
which is which is fun because all this discussion about goals and even Michael Flynn sort of highlighted that's probably going to be nil nil now. Yeah, he was you know in the sort of way that I might um, say that all these things point to one thing, which means it's the other, uh, and the sort of the way Wrexham play it definitely has a the sense of a nil nil. Uh, because of the level of hype that I feel like was slowly building throughout the questions. <laughs> and then we were expecting Saidu Khan, but no joy. Yeah, uh, was I feel like the press conference was slightly later than it had been before the Colchester one, so they were getting into their team meeting slightly quicker. Um, and then and we wanted to speak to Saidu Khan, but he had a little bit of rehab to do after the, um, after the team meeting, so essentially it was sort of uh, ruled off and we were we were sat in the chain room for a little while waiting for something that didn't happen. So yeah. uh, a bit disappointing, but I think we all kind of agreed that we were only going to get a short interview anyway. So it wasn't like we were missing out on tons and tons of intrigue. I get you. As I get you. The first question was definitely going to be, Saido, are you fit? Because Michael <laughs> Flynn wasn't telling us. <laughs> and suddenly that's why he was ushered out of the uh, the vicinity. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about predictions now then. So I step up first. I put the ball on the spot and I'm shooting and I'm saying 2-2. Oof, I was just thinking of a, of a draw as well, but it feels cowardly now that no, you've done it. I'm going to no, say you've, I've given you the opportunity for a 1-1. <laughs> or the nil-nil, even higher. Goodness me. Do, do I do I take the nil-nil tap in? Um, I'm going to say 3-2 to Swindon. I've had oh. a slightly overly, possibly overly optimistic start to my prediction this season. I think Swindon, high scoring, uh, we might just do it. And I think the fact that Rex matched to get their first win on Tuesday plays slightly in Swindon's favour because we're no longer uh, the, the, the scalp of them trying to get the monkey off their back. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, Swindon have goals in the side and I, I do think we can also concede it too. And I, I don't fear Wrexham in the same way as I don't really know enough about them um, beyond, beyond their huge squad. And then they have some pretty well-known lower league footballers in there, but that, that there's a few teams in this division that do the same, but um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with two, two, but I love your prediction before we go though, Joe, we have to talk about it because it's August um, but it didn't sound too uh, promising. The transfer si- situation, wh- where are we? Yeah, another one of the sort of straight back, not giving anything away answers from Flynn. Uh, he he says he, he knows he's he's still continuing to look. Uh, he doesn't necessarily know about how far away he is. Well, he does know, but he's not saying how far away he is from anything in particular. Um, I wouldn't, uh, now that you've, you've replaced JR, Again on the presses, I don't think we'll be expecting one this evening. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they're, they're still working hard behind the scenes to get in. Um, I believe he said one or two more players a couple of weeks ago. So mm. I wouldn't expect anything too eminently. No, nothing close. The last time he was asked, and then he's regressed a little bit more. Is it two weeks left? So that's plenty of time. I think we might be, you know, if I mean, if there's a depth chart, we'll be just going down that list, hopefully, and and seeing what's out there. But fingers crossed for this weekend. Happy travelling to all of those away fans going up or across or down to Wrexham, you lucky, lucky devils. Until next time, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The 
Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.